I could hear men screaming in the darkness. I thought, what is this place? And my man said, shut up. Another man said, you deserve to be here. And I said, deserve to be where? Where am I? And the third man screams, said, you're in hell. Now shut up. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about whether there is life after death for someone who claims to be an atheist. Well, atheists would say that there is no life after death, and whatever we experience here on earth, that's pretty much it. But is that true? What if there is life after death, even for someone who doesn't believe in it? Well, in our last show, we had Ian McCormick tell us how he was stung by the deadly box jellyfish when he was on a scuba diving trip. He was dying as an atheist in a foreign country, and he started hearing the voice of God guiding him as his body was swelling up and as he was being immobilized and dying. He told us as he was dying, he saw a vision of the Lord's Prayer, and he saw his mother, who was a Christian, praying for him. So he started praying to the God of his mother. Today, he's going to share with us what he saw when he died. He's calling from the other side of the world, so listen in. Ian, welcome to the show. It's great to talk to you. Yes, Ian. I'm so glad you're here with us again. So, going back, you see these letters come into your eyes of the Lord's Prayer as you're dying in the ambulance, and God asks you to forgive others and coaches you through this process of salvation. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, my mom was saying from the heart, not from the head. As a child, I used to just pray like meaningless repetition to please my family. But here, I, was, I could see these words, forgive us our sins and forgive others that have sinned against us. And I said, God, I've done a lot of sin. You know, can you forgive me? But the part of forgiving others was much more difficult. Yeah. And then I saw two men's face. One was a taxi driver. The other was a hotel owner. Neither of them had really helped me that night. And I'm hearing this voice say, son, will you forgive them for what they've done to you? I said, how can I? I mean, look what the evil they've, they've committed. Yeah. And then I realized that if I didn't forgive them from my heart, I would not have my own sins forgiven. So I said, God, if you can forgive me, I forgive these men. I'll never touch them. I'll never harm them. Mm. I had no idea until later that Jesus taught his disciples that if you don't forgive others of sin against you, God the Father won't forgive your sins against them. So I lay there um, giving over the anger and the bitterness and hatred in my heart to God. I found this incredible release of that as the next words came up, they will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I said, God, I've been doing my own thing for 26 years. Uh, I'm a very arrogant man, very proud. I'm an atheist, but I mean, I'm hearing your voice. I, I humble myself. I submit my life completely to you. I'll find out what your will is for me. Mm-hmm. And in those dying moments, I surrender my life to the Lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. Thank God it says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart Mm. and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. My gosh, Ian, the Lord is literally guiding you through salvation as you're dying. I love it. Do you feel like prayers from a praying mother or, you know, family member are powerful? 
Well, I think prayer is the key, and thank God for a believing mother. And I think there may be a thousand people that hate these other folks, but if there's one praying mum who loves them, you know who God's going to listen to? That one person who loves him. And don't you ever judge anybody because you don't know what men will do or women will do in their heart yeah. in their dying moments. And love is the strongest, and prayer is so powerful, it'll move mountains. That is true. But as you're praying, you're on the way to the hospital and you died. Yep. How long were you dead for? I was dead for 15 to 20 minutes. They actually got me into the hospital. I was still alive, but my blood pressure collapsed. And they couldn't find a pulse. Mm-hmm. They tried two machines. So they attempted to try and get anti-serum and anti-toxin, but unfortunately it was too late when I arrived there. And in a very short time after I arrived in the hospital, um, I flatlined. I remember closing my eyes, feeling so tired. And as I shut my eyes, the machine flatlined and I was dead. What was so incredible, I could feel that experience like a release, as if I didn't have to fight any longer. And within a moment in time, I was out of my body. Extraordinary. You sometimes hear people looking down on their body from the ceiling. Mm. And what's amazing is that Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet they shall live. So for mm. me, I'm now finding that I'm alive, yet dead. My physical body is just a shell, but I'm actually alive. Wow. So I think I'm understanding what you're saying. That is deep. I understand that you had a scary moment of darkness after you had this out-of-body experience. Well, in a split second, I left my body and found myself in a completely different realm of complete darkness. (sighs) I thought for a moment that the doctors had turned the lights out and I'd somehow woken up in the dark. So instinctively, I began looking for a wall, a light switch, table, something to touch. So I could actually turn the lights on. I couldn't touch anything. And I, I moved around this darkness looking for my hospital bed and what on earth going on? Oh, it's so dark. You can't see your hand in front of your face. So I brought my right hand towards my face and my hand passed straight through my face. Mm. I thought, you can't miss your face. Two hands, both hands went straight through my face. Went for my chest, there was nothing there. Went for my hands, I couldn't touch them. And I thought, how can you feel your body's there, but when you go to touch it, it's not. And then I distinctly remember my grandfather had fought in two world wars, and in one of the wars, he came back and many men had lost limbs, and some of these old men would say, like, scratch my foot, Sonny, and there was no leg there. My grandfather explained to me that they were feeling the limb was actually still there, and I now know what they're talking about is you talk to an amputee, and they'll tell you they feel the limb's still there. They're actually feeling their spiritual body, which is more real than their physical. Mm, interesting. So you're here in this dark place, but you called out to God. Where were you? Well, I was wondering where I was. I mean, I had a deep sense of peace inside me, but I felt evil all around me. Oh. And I was literally in the valley of the shadow of death. I could hear men screaming in the darkness. I thought, what is this place? And one man said, shut up. I said, I said nothing. To say your thoughts was a speech they could hear your thoughts. Another man said, you deserve to be here. I said, deserve to be where? Where am I? And the third man screamed, said, you're in hell. Now shut up. So I don't believe in hell. If this is hell, where's the party? And then I realized, of course, this isn't a party place. You got no physical body. You can't exactly get drunk and party the night away. I mean, you can't touch anything. I mean, that's different from the party scenario type hell that I was brought up with everything you can't do here, you can do down there and get away with it. Well, very difficult to have sex, drugs, and rock and roll when you've got no physical body. Oh, wow. So that was a disappointment to you. 
Ian, let's stop there because I understand you had a literal salvation experience pulling you out of this darkness, yeah. and I want to hear about it on our next show. Thanks so much, Ian. Thanks, Hold tight. Let's dive deeper into what you just heard right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? It's a pretty frightening reality that Ian experienced, honestly. And I know that what you're hearing is probably bringing up some questions in your mind. The question that comes to my mind is the afterlife. What happens when you die? Will you experience an afterlife even if you don't believe in it? Well, my question to you would be, if you don't believe in gravity, and if you jumped off a skyscraper, would you experience the reality of the fall or not? <laughs> well, I think it would be like, oops, too late. Now think about this when it comes to our death. One day, we will have to face that reality. And a lot of people don't really know what is going to happen to them. Today, we live in a culture that believes that we can choose what we believe about the afterlife as if it were going to some type of buffet. Like we can just go pick and choose any option, depending to our liking. And as long as we pick something or a blend of something, as long as it tastes right, it will just turn out that way when we die. But friend, life after death doesn't change because you pave the pathway to your eternity by creating that thought pattern and belief in your life. The truth is, there is one truth. And there is one theory about the afterlife that is right out of all of them. It is as real as a concrete for the guy who jumped off the skyscraper. We will land somewhere when we die. And here, you're hearing Ian's story. God literally, in his mercy, shifts his trajectory from being hellbound to trying to change it to being heavenbound for him. And as he plunges into death, he discovers this place, the shadow of death. And he realizes that hell is not a great place that he always joked around like he was hoping for, like parties and all types of immorality. Instead, he discovered great darkness and void, almost like an outer darkness. It is interesting because Jesus often describes hell as outer darkness. One of the times Jesus is describing a story of the faithfulness of his servants, and it's written about this, about hell, in Matthew 25, 30, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So according to ancient scriptures and according to what Ian was about to experience, hell is a place of outer darkness, a place of intense emotional sorrow, anguish, and intense pain. You see, gnashing of teeth usually happens when someone is going through intense pain. They clench their teeth because of the suffering they're going through. Hell is either real or it is not. I believe that it is. How can we make sure we don't land there? According to ancient scriptures, 
we are supposed to go there. But if we take the lifeline that Jesus gives us, He can save us from that place. How? Well, it's written in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 26. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Friends, that means we deserve not to go to heaven. And then it says, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. According to this, we need someone to justify the thing that will send us into that outer darkness, and that's our sin. Jesus died for us so that we wouldn't have to go through that. He paid the debt. Jesus, I'm calling out to you and praying for the person who has not yet taken in the package, has not yet taken in the safety of your salvation. Jesus, we take a moment to receive and believe in what you've done, that you shed your blood for us. Jesus, we receive that gift of salvation right now. Friend, if you haven't done it, just do it right now. Jesus, we receive that and we believe in you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.